Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. Of all the incredible, miraculous things Jesus did on earth, there is indeed none greater than when he raised Lazarus from the dead. The account of what Jesus did in the raising of Lazarus is beyond our understanding. Yet, it gives us a hope and a faith and a certainty that Jesus Christ is indeed the Lord of heaven and earth. Let's open our Bible now to John chapter 11 and look at this wonderful account of the death and resurrection of Lazarus. Well, good morning and welcome to another teaching. It is a Thursday morning here in Texas. We we have a blizzard going on right now, which is very rare for us. And so uh, we just thank you, Lord Jesus, for your your mercy and your favor and your goodness on our lives. Father, we love you and we bless you and we praise you today. We just, we thank you, Father, for, for all your goodness, for all your love, Father. Father, we thank you for the word of God, the scriptures, Lord. We thank you for our Bible. Father, above all, we thank you for Jesus, our only Lord and Savior and Master and King. Lord Jesus, we do thank you for becoming a human man for us and living a perfect life for us, dying a horrible and torturous death for us. And we thank you that you are alive and risen today. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open your word. We ask you to give us eyes that see and ears that hear. <clears throat> In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay. <clears throat> Last time we finished up John 10, and so we're over here in John chapter 11 now. And today the plan is to do verses 1 through 10. Hopefully y'all are loving on Jesus, as we say all the time. Spending time with Jesus. Um, just spending time growing to know him growing to love him, growing to obey him, growing to know his love for you. Say it over and over and over again. There's nothing in this in this life more worthwhile, more beneficial, more edifying in every way than growing to know Jesus more. Obviously, we need to have received Jesus as our Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of our sins and the salvation of our soul. And once we have given our life to Jesus Christ, we spend the rest of our life growing in our devotion to him, growing to know him, growing in our relationship with him. And the primary way we do that is by spending time in the scriptures, reading, studying, meditating, memorizing, and above all, obeying the scriptures, the, the living word of God, our Bible. Obviously, we, we grow to know Jesus when we pray and when we praise him and when we worship him. Um, we grow to know Jesus when we spend time in thanksgiving, just thanking him. Um, and so all that we do, we do so that we might know Jesus better, so that we might love him and we might please him. And as we do those things, we'll experience life and relationship with him more. We'll experience his love for us more. So thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay, John 11, we're going to do verses 1 to 10. 
Verse 1. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews tried to stone you, and yet you are going back there? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? A man who walks by day will not stumble, for he sees by this world's light. It is when he walks by night that he stumbles, for he has no light. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, incredible story here. Okay, so the John chapter 11, we learn about this man, Lazarus. Um, we learn about this family, and his sisters are Mary and Martha. Um, it says in verse 2, the Mary... This Mary, whose brother Lazarus was now sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. That actually happens in the next chapter, chapter 12. Um, you'll see that he's anointed at, Beth and, uh, at Bethany um, in verses 1 through 11. In chapter 12, you'll see where Mary does this. An, an incredible, overwhelming act of devotion to Jesus. Um, and this is, you know... This is widely considered the greatest miracle Jesus ever did. Um, Jesus is going to raise Lazarus from the dead after he's been dead four days. Okay, so the ramifications of what goes into that. The body is already decaying. Um, you know, there's a smell as, as, as we'll see later in the chapter that, uh, that Martha's going to tell Jesus. Uh, the man has been dead, which means his soul and spirit has already left his body and, and gone into the next life. It would have been what was called Abraham's bosom, a, a holding place for 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 godly people who trusted in the coming Messiah. Um, and that's a whole, a whole separate doctrine um, that, you know, until the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, um, people went to a place called Abraham's bosom until Jesus was raised from the dead. And then in the resurrection of Christ, Old Testament believers and saints and, um, in New Testament believers and saints, now we go directly to heaven, this side of the cross. And so it says, now a man named Lazarus was sick. 
He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. As I said, that's the next chapter, John 12, 1 through 11, if you want to go ahead and read it. And um, you'll see that incredible story. Verse 3. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. So the sister sent word to Jesus. So the sister sent word to Jesus. When you're in a difficulty, when you have a problem, when you have a a trauma or just a, uh, you know, just a, a time of testing in your life, where do you send word? For the vast majority of us, even as Christian believers and as disciples of Jesus Christ, oftentimes the last thing we do, regrettably, is send word to Jesus. When as believers in Jesus Christ, as Christians, the only place to go, ultimately, is to Jesus. So whatever, whatever is going on in your life right now, right, Melanie, whether it be spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially, or relationally, right? Anything that's going on, any struggle you're having, any difficulty you're having, obviously they have a difficulty, right? Their brother is sick. Lazarus is sick. And... They know that the sickness is very bad and is certainly looking like he is going to die. And so they send word to Jesus, right? And, you know, they, they, um, you know, they obviously send someone to him um, with the news, Lord, the one you love is sick. So whatever's going on today, now this is obviously, as I said, a sickness or a difficulty, but even when things are going well in our life, you still want to send word to Jesus. You still want to praise him. You want to worship him. You want to thank him. Um, Our prayer life ought not be one of only asking for things, although certainly, you know, it is it is good for us, and we're commanded to, to pray and to ask the Lord for our needs, to give us this day our, our daily bread. The famous, the famous uh, prayer of the teaching on prayer from Jesus, it's in Matthew 6, verses 9 to 13. Um, you know, almost all of us have heard the prayer, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, um, you know, most of us have, has, have heard that prayer our entire lives. Most of us have prayed it. Could have been 
uh, hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of times, right? Um, oftentimes, you know, and I think more often than not, when that prayer is prayed, you know, it's prayed and we don't think through, and, and that'll be a separate teaching when we're teaching on Matthew, or maybe I'll just do a separate teaching on that prayer. But this is a model prayer that Jesus prays. For most of us that grew up, and particularly those of us that grew up in the Catholic Church, you know, we'll just roll off like ten of those, and they call the prayer the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father, and you know, we'll just roll it off, right? Scott, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The kingdom come, that will be done on earth. Didn't heaven give us the day our daily bread? Forgive us our trespasses. Lead us not invitation, deliver us from evil. Amen. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. That's one, and then we say it again and again, as if, as if just saying the words is is what matters. It's not. It's not saying those words that matters at all. It's our heart in the words. So if you are praying that prayer, and it's a wonderful prayer to pray, you can pray it exactly as as we do, right? As it, as it's as I prayed it is how it says it in the scripture and how Jesus told us to pray. But when Jesus gave us that prayer, it was meant to be a model of prayer, right? Our Father who art in heaven. So the beginning of the prayer, you're acknowledging that you're speaking to your heavenly father. You're acknowledging he's not an earthly father. He's in heaven. And then it says, hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name, right? It's just the time to acknowledge his, his holiness, his, his wonder. It's a time to praise him. You notice we haven't asked for anything yet in this model of prayer. When we come to the Lord, Jesus is saying, start out with praise and worship and thanksgiving and, and adoration to him, right? Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You're saying, Father, before I ask for anything, before I start making all my requests, I want your kingdom to come in my life today and those around me. I want your kingdom to come. Thy kingdom come. I want your will to be done. Before I ask for anything, Lord, I want your will to be done ahead of any requests that I have. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And now you get to the point of the prayer, right? Give us this day our daily bread. So there is a time in this model prayer where we ask for things and we should, but normally we just move right to asking, right? And the vast majority of all the prayers that go up to our our Heavenly Father are requests. And as I said, that's a good thing. We ought to ask him for our needs. But you remember King David said, I sought your face. He sought the face of the Lord. He he sought relationship with his heavenly father. And for the most part, we just seek his hand, what we can get from him, right? So again, it's, it's fine to seek his hand. We need to do it, but let's spend more time seeking his face as David did, right? Um, so the sister sent word to Jesus. So again, Send word to Jesus in praise and worship and adoration and, you know, and thanksgiving. And then also send word to Jesus when, when you find your place in a, face, in a place of difficulty, no matter what it is. Send word to Jesus. Good or If you're in a, a good situation or a difficult situation, be it, again, whether it's spiritual, physical, emotional, financial, or relational, Right? We have some relational issues in our life with other people, right? Send word to Jesus. 
And again, just the way it's written, now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus. That needs to become our, our natural way, Benny, right? Our natural way, Corinne, needs to be sending word to Jesus. So wherever you are right now, just go ahead, everybody, just stop this tape. If you're in your car, stop it and send word to Jesus, okay? Because listening to me, okay, is 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 not one one tenth, one one hundredth the priority of sending word to Jesus. Listening to the words of man, even when we're teaching the word of God. Now listen, what am I saying is good, but I'm saying stop right now, take some time and send word to Jesus. Just praise him and worship him and just do that for a minute or two, right? And then you can you can pick it back up. Lord, we just send word to you and we just worship you and we thank you and we praise you, Lord Jesus. We just, Lord, we just thank you that we get to send our words to Jesus. Lord, I, I ask you to forgive us for the ridiculous way we use our words so often, Lord. The foolishness that so often proceeds from our mouth, Lord. It's a wonder you even gave us a mouth. Lord Jesus, I... Lord, we just thank you. We worship you. We praise you. We love you. We honor you, Lord. And we just, Lord, we worship you. Father, we love you and we thank you and we praise you. Holy Spirit, just drive us to Jesus. Remind us of Jesus. Remind us to send word to Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. Wow. So the sister sent word to Jesus. I mean... It just, I hadn't thought of this. I hadn't prepared this, but, um, you know, we, we use so many words a day and, and the kingdom D leadership, we talk about this with the elders and the deacons and the other leaders. And, uh, we're blessed to have, you know, some, some, some just good, solid men and women in, in the ministry. Um, but, you know, we, we, we consistently speak about our words. Uh, you know, it's and, and, and you know, we we use so many words. And, and again, the vast majority of them, even as Christian believers, until we reach an extremely high level of maturity, which no one I know is or heard of. Right. Uh, and, and certainly I'm not we still are, are just very often careless in our words. Um, what is it? Is it, I think it's Matthew 12. Is it verse 36, 37, right? Where it says this, um, just to show you the importance of our words, Matthew 12, 36. This is Jesus speaking. But I tell you, that men will have to give account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. I'm, I'm going to read that again. These are the words of Jesus. Try to, try to understand the magnitude of this statement. 
and think about how many careless words you have spoken. What is a careless word? It's a word spoken and you don't even care what you're saying. You don't care whether it's right or wrong. <laughs> Matthew 12, 36, Jesus speaking. But I tell you, that means this will happen. That men will have to give account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. It's a good thing. We have the mercy of our Savior. Because all of us speak careless words. Even those of us that are pursuing Jesus Christ earnestly with a, with a devoted heart and a growing heart, right, Jason? We can speak such careless and thoughtless words. And we will have to give an account of that to Jesus. This has nothing to do with our salvation, right? We're not saved by any of our words or not. But we are accountable to Jesus for our words. And golly, Lord, we ask you to, Holy Spirit, we ask you to just, just seal that to our hearts in the fear of the Lord. That we might speak words glorifying to you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Wow. So the sisters sent word to Jesus. And here's the only words they sent. Lord, they call him Lord. Is Jesus your Lord? Lord, the one you love is sick. You know, we, we, we got a lot of, lot of uh, it's good that we pursue Jesus in all the different relationships, right? Uh, Jesus is our, our husband. We're the bride of Christ. Um. You know, Jesus is our friend. He, he says in this gospel, I've called you friends, right? Um, you know, Jesus is our king. We are his servants. We are his soldiers, right? And, and we are sons, right? We're sons of God the Father. And we need to pursue all these relationships. But is Jesus your Lord today? Is he your Lord and Savior? Have you received him into your heart? for the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul. Are you trusting him? Are you clinging to him? Have you come to him acknowledging your sinfulness, agreeing with the word of God in Romans 3.23 that says that all human beings are sinful and fall short of God's standard? All of us. We're dead in our sin, hopeless, helpless, desperate, headed to hell, save our king. Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Have you given your life to him? Romans 10, 13 says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's not words that save us. We communicate our words and our heart with the Lord and we use words, right? But I mean, have you, have you, have you come before Jesus? Number one, are you trusting and relying on Christ today for the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul? Check your heart. Think about it. Check your, think about it in my mind. Or do you have some idea or conception in your mind that you're going to go to heaven because you're not such a bad guy, that, you know, you're a pretty good woman, you do a lot of good stuff. If any of those thoughts are in your mind, you want to, you want to go before the footage, you want to humble yourself before the cross, come before Jesus earnestly, sincerely, right, Tommy? And, and give your life to him simply saying, 
Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinful person and I cannot save myself, Lord. But I believe you are the son of God. And I believe that you came into this world and lived a perfect life for me and died a a perfect death for me. And I believe that you are alive and risen. And therefore, Lord Jesus, I ask you now to come into my heart. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. I ask you to save me from my sin and bring me to heaven when I die, Lord. Lord Jesus, I place all my faith, trust, and confidence in you alone to save me and to be my everlasting Lord and God. Have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If you haven't, again, stop the tape, go back. You can use the words that I just used. But it's, again, it's it's the posture of your heart, the sincerity of your heart the genuineness of your heart that matters, knowing your need of Christ as a hopeless and desperate sinner. So they sent word to Jesus, Lord, are you a Christian today? Is Jesus your Lord? Lord, the one you love is sick. It's an incredible statement that they they. The word, the, they, the, what is it? One, two, three, four, five. They give seven words. They know the love of Jesus Christ. Do you know the love of Jesus Christ in this way? And you know, they're not even, they're not even sending word to Jesus about themselves, which again shows the, the incredible just faith and heart and seriousness and maturity and devotion to these women. Um, I'll tell you, we could all, all of us as believers, when we see women of God and men of God in the Bible, either, and we see the character of Christ in them, we see devotion to Christ, whether we're men or women, we want to emulate it, okay? If they're in the Bible, if they're in the word of God, and you see a woman like Mary and Martha, okay? You want to emulate those women, just like we do the men of God when the scripture points out their godly character. Remember, Romans 15.4 said that everything was written in the past was written to teach us or instruct us so that by endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So this is not just in here to give us a cool story. Right, May? Um, you know, men, women, children, anything in the scriptures, okay, is here to teach us. Now, when we see men and women and children do wrong things, that's to instruct us to not do those things, right? But when we see them act in this godly way, that's there as an example to us, right? So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. They not only know the love of Christ for themselves, but they know it for their brother Lazarus. And I'll ask again, do you know the love of Jesus Christ in this way? Holy Spirit, I ask you to convict us and lead us into the love of Jesus Christ, that we might know the love of Jesus in this way and that we might walk in this love, this other-centered love as Mary and Martha 
did. Hmm. Again, they have a problem. They're desperate. It's not even for themselves. It's for someone else. And all what they do is they petition Jesus. Of course, you know, if someone is sick or this and that, we want to take them to the doctor. But do you send word to Jesus? Hmm. Send word to Jesus, Auntie Jackie. Send word to Jesus, Uncle Dennis. Leah, send word to Jesus. Corinne, send word to Jesus. Verse four, when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. We're doing Bible study on Tuesday, and uh, Stephen did a good job and pointed out uh, Jesus' same words in, uh, in chapter 9, in the man born blind. You remember the disciples saying, well, who is sinning, this man or his parents, that he's like this? And Jesus says it's not because this man sinned or his parents, it's so that the glory of God might be revealed in his life. And here, Jesus says that, but he even steps it up. It says, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son, Jesus, may be glorified through it, right? No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Everything in your life, any difficulty, any sickness, any problem, any blessing, ultimately, yeah, is so that Jesus would be glorified through it. And that's something we need to get down. It's a concept we have almost no idea about. I confess I live in it a little bit, but nowhere near like I need to. Do you understand that anything that's happening in your life is for God's glory so that God's son, Jesus, may be glorified through it? John eleven four needs to be stuck in our head. I'm sorry, Lord. Verse 5. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Whatever your name is today, put it in there. Jesus loved Rick and Gerald and Doug and Tommy. Jesus loved May and Chloe and Peyton. Jesus loved, whatever your name is, do you know the love of Christ? Do you see how John points out specifically, individually, their names? And wherever you are today, he does love you. That's why he gave his life to you. That's why you need to give your life to him for the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul. That's the only way to be saved. And then out of love for him, you devote your life to him after you've been saved. This doesn't help save you, right? But out of devotion and love for Jesus, you he laid his life down for you when he, he was perfect. He is perfect. And yet he gave his life for you and became sin to take your and my sin. And the only reasonable response after we received him as our savior is to spend our life loving him. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Jesus loved Chris and Veronica, and Frederick. Verse 6. Yet, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. This is uh, 
Yeah. You know, it's so hard to understand when we're going through difficulty and sickness and trauma and we're desperate and Jesus just doesn't remove it right away. He doesn't take it from us right away. And the purpose of all of these sicknesses is obviously the ultimate purpose is that we would know Jesus better, that we would learn from it, that we, he, we would see what he has for us in it. He's wanting us to grow to know him better. And, you know, oftentimes he is disciplining us for living in a way that, that he hasn't called us to, right? I'm not, not every time. But, you know, when we're going through difficulty, it is no question that, that it's there so that, that Jesus would be glorified in it. But it's also to teach us, to instruct us, to, to convict us, to show us of anything that's out of our lives. Oftentimes it could be a, an attack from the spiritual enemies, the spiritual forces, the devil and the demons that the Lord is allowing to come into our lives and attack us. But all of this is for our good, as it says in Romans 8, 28, right? For God works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And the more you love him, the more you'll, you'll, you'll actually tangibly experience this in your life, right? Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. It's just sometimes so hard to understand. But as I was studying this this morning, one, one scholar made a good point that if the, the sickness just came and gone, what would be the purpose of it? What would be the purpose of Jesus allowing it or causing it, right? Um, as I've said many times, as I learned this from Jerry Bridges, that if... If there's something going on in your life, no matter what it is, either God caused it or he allowed it. And even if he allowed it, it has at least his passive approval, right? Meaning if he's allowed it into your life, he knew it would be there. He still allowed it to be there, which means, again, it has at least his passive approval. It's passive because he didn't cause it, but he allowed it, right? And he knows about it. And so he's obviously wanting to use it for your good, as we just said uh, in Romans 8, 28. Yeah, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Lord, this is some of the hardest thing for us to understand. Is that when you just tarry and tarry and tarry and continue to allow us or others to be in sickness and difficulty and hardship, Lord. I mean, how hard was this? Was this not tormenting those two days for Mary and Martha? Lazarus is going to die. He does die. Then he said to his disciples, verse 7, let us go back to Judea. Verse 8, but Rabbi, they said a short while ago, the Jews tried to stone you. And yet you are going back there. You cannot die before your time. Okay. Jesus knew that he was moving toward his crucifixion, his death on the cross, becoming sin, dying for the sin of the world, to redeem the entire world, Jews and Gentiles, um, to, 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 to die on the cross that, 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 that all who would receive Jesus, John 1, 12, to all who received him, he gave the right to become children of God to all who received him and believed in his name, right? He knew that he had to do that. 
So we knew that he couldn't die. And we see Jesus isn't scared. Ever. Ever. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews tried to stone you. You know, we see in, you know, um, at the end of, of John here, um, chapter 10, they try to stone him again in verse uh, 39, right? They tried to seize him, but he escaped their grasp. Um, you remember in verse 33, uh, verse 31, again, the Jews picked up stones to stone him. This is in chapter 10. So now we're in verse 11. I'm, I'm sorry, chapter 11. But Rabbi, they said a short while ago, just, you know, whatever, a week ago, a few, few days ago, um, a few weeks ago, the Jews tried to stone you and yet you're going back there? Again, a, a rational person doesn't put themselves seemingly in the way of danger. But if, but if Christ is with you and leading you, then nothing can happen that shouldn't. Now listen, we're not, we don't need to test the Lord. We don't just put ourselves... In, the, in a place of danger for no reason. But Jesus is going to serve others. And sometimes when we do that, we, we do put ourselves in, in a compromised position. But if we're led by Jesus Christ, he will always take care of us. Again, we don't intentionally do it. We need to use wisdom. We need to know, right, what we're doing and why we're doing it. Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? A man who walks by day will not stumble, for he sees by this world's light. It is when he walks by night that he stumbles, for he has no light. What is Jesus saying here? They said the Jews are trying to kill you. Um, now, this, this is an odd way to, to kind of answer the question, and Jesus often does that. Um, the... Elder, one of the elders at Kingdom Discipleship, Tom, um, you know, he, he made a great point. Because, you know, why does Jesus consistently speak to them and not just answer the plain questions? And Tom made the point that he's trying to get them to, to consider and think and change the way they think and kind of open their mind to really understand things that will lead them to greater devotion and greater understanding of him and who God is, right? Um, they ask a simple, straightforward question, or they make a statement. Rabbi, they said a short while ago, the Jews tried to stone you, and yet you're going back there, question mark. When Jesus said, are there not 12 hours of daylight, May? A man who walks by day will not stumble, for he sees by this world's light. Verse 10, it is when he walks by night he stumbles, for he has no light. What Jesus is saying is that 12 hours of daylight means uh, it's, it's the time represented that he has on this earth before he goes to the cross. And you and I have 12 hours of daylight. Well, we have breath in our lungs. We have the opportunity in this light to walk and do the work of Jesus, right? A man who walks by day will not stumble, right? For he sees by this world's light. As you walk with Christ in this life, right? You have 
the light of Christ, right? And in that, obviously, he's saying the world's light, but it's a it's a picture that that while we are in this world and we have the light of the world and the light of Christ, and we're still alive and we can see the light of the world in Christ, we have the opportunity to walk by it and do the will of Christ. Why is he going back there? Well, he's obviously going back there to, to serve the kingdom of God, to serve Lazarus. He's going to raise him from the dead. He's going to do the most, an unfathomable miracle here, right? He's going to call Lazarus back, right, from the beyond and put his spirit and soul back in his body. He's going to heal his decaying body. He's going to raise him from the dead. Wow. Are there not 12 hours of daylight? A man who walks by day will not stumble, for he sees by this world's light. Undoubtedly, they don't really understand what he's saying. Um, we have the privilege 2,000 years ago. It's, it's much easier for us to understand. Is when he walks by night that he stumbles, for he has no light. A time will come when we will not see the light of this world anymore. And we will not have an opportunity to serve Jesus anymore. So walk while you have the light. Being led by the light of Christ. Mm. Wow. Well, Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for the scriptures. We thank you for your mercy and favor and goodness and love in our lives, Father. Father, but above all, we thank you for Jesus. Again, our only Lord and Savior and Master and God and King. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your words. We thank you, Lord, for just this, for our Bible, these incredible scriptures, Lord. We thank you that for this account, this story that's written to teach us and instruct us and encourage us and give us endurance, Lord. Father, we just love you and bless you and thank you today. Father, we ask you to seal this message to our hearts. Holy Spirit, give us eyes that see as we go forward and ears that hear hear Jesus and see Jesus. Lord Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen and amen.